0: The following program is brought to you in Living Color on NBC.
1: It is a thrill. I love the show. You're telling me a big fat lot. Right. I
0: was so hoping
2: for
1: funny crazy. I will get on stage on Broadway and I will reenact the rantings of Charlie Sheen one day. You can replace me with some other guy? Go ahead. It won't be the same.
0: It is mightiest and mightiest.
1: Do not bring Shakespeare into this. You're so smart. Oh, really? Well, so are you. And yes, the rumors are true.
0: They smoke, they drink, they use bad language in this company. They're extremely rich and they
1: can flash more brains than most poppies in this room. Yeah, I back. Back. You can that also get, that's uh, the mother That every
0: guy in you can do. That's her <laughs> <perfect. laughs> <I'm so laughs> oh, oh, Wow. come on. I love you, you Joe. Go Does everybody good. have that's to be crazy good. today? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Get me, Savior. Hey, all right. We, we are back. before it we got a double header for you. 5 a couple of minutes. Sam Forty the Washington Post is going to be joining us. as we Commander's mini-camp. <laughs> She's a going yeah. to hear really from a great training, training camp. Get, get, get ready. Still play Still play Sam's up and work. on deck. Some some the of those the alert. Alert. Big and then after ten ten that, seven our Red Room Network, Mr. joining us talk a little Hershey Bears. The are going for the Championship finals started against the Valley. Thunderbirds, Firebirds—it's some sort of shit. We'll, we'll, we'll ask Richard all about it. Well, we'll get them all on the line here international shipping. But let's they start up an auction. Manders have, over 50, 000, have five wrapped up, I'm sure reviews. as you're listening to this. I got a uh, pair of them mini camp and they're the absolutely off-season. awesome. They are now I mean, off, again, until you know. Again, you want to go and buy uh, of it of July, July. Of the brand when training camp will start God love minutes. you. But we'll I'm telling you for the rest of the year, no for the And some of those other ones out there. Big story of course earlier in the week. Customizable son returning. Chase Young back punches as isolation. The big he thing. Was, as we are Awareness uh, mode, seeing him for the first custom time, uh, custom perfect most comfortable, perfect, most comfortable, the his comfortable, the most comfortable, in most comfortable, the most comfortable, the most so go I mean, to buyraycon.com really uh, slash, and here th- he is. You're th- some th- of what he said, sounding, And get 15% off your racon like a guy who's buy ready to come in com com and prove the organization th- wrong. Yeah, th- the score is under the point of that uh, off. Buyraycon.com uh, slash THPN. Th- th- m- feel um, feeling good. Feeling good to running around with my teammates.
2: How much different do you feel now compared to you at the end of the season?
1: It's night and day. Night and day. Where do, you right see the, where do you see the difference uh my confidence my strength everything. of course the the pessimist view of that is that Chase is already checked out and he is going to stick it to the commanders at the end of the season i hope that's not the case obviously on paper you can say that it it made sense in the fact that in a vacuum you can franchise tag him next year if you have to you can franchise tag him the year after that and by that time you're looking at, you know, having six years of Chase Young in the building. I still think it was a huge, huge mistake not signing him or not picking up the fifth year option. And here's why: If they'd have picked up year number five, you're talking about what? About eighteen million dollars, That's nothing. I mean, in the scope of things, it's nothing. Not only is it not. A huge cap hit number this year. Certainly, you know, tons more guys making more than that out there. It's going to be even less of a cap year, a cap hit next year because what's the salary cap going to do? Go up. The potential for Chase Young is still so great that you have to roll the dice on it. I don't. I really don't get this whole tough love thing that Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio are doing. It's its just not the way the world works now, I don't think. And I think they're going to regret it. And if Chase goes out and has a monster year, then, you know, they're, they're going to be stuck one of two ways, either having to, again, overpay for him to eventually sign him, or he just tells him to pound sand because they didn't believe in him in the first place. I just, I don't think it was... I just thought it was a bad idea. Just a bad idea. Wasn't a big gamble. Roll the dice on the $18 million. Worst case scenario, you're paying $18 million to a guy who has six or seven sacks. And then, he's, and then you can get rid of him after year five. As for Ron Rivera, uh, you know, we always have to kind of translate what he said, but he seemed somewhat pleased the way Chase looked the first two days of camp.
2: Well, I think the biggest thing, as far as he's concerned, more than anything else, is just being healthy. You know, he started to get healthier by the end of the year and played for us in, in four games. And we just want to see him pick up where he left off. You know, he was, he was starting to play faster and faster and just love to see him get out there and really run around and, you know, kind of cut it loose and not not be tentative. And, and
1: that's probably the biggest thing for him. I think what you can take away from that is Rivera, Del Rio, the coaches, all of them, sounds like they had some concern with, Chase's confidence in his knee last year. Now, again, and uh, as, you know, we all get spoiled, and we also think back to Adrian Peterson. Well, Adrian Peterson came back after six months or three weeks or whatever from an ACL. You know, and it, it takes guys a while. Uh, just about any, you know, you talk to a football player, they'll tell you it's not the, it's almost two years before you start feeling yourself again. So, hopefully, what we see this year is a fully healed Chase Young, which, if you are a fan, you hope costs the commanders a lot of money next offseason. All right, joining us now as he makes his way up to Ashburn for the final day of mini camps, he is the Timothy Chalamet tower collective, Sarsha Ronan. Hang on a second, that doesn't sound exactly right. Ah, the hell with it, we'll fix it in post. Sam Fortier of the Washington Post, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing well, man, how are you? I am doing very well, thank you, sir. You knew you were going to get the, you know, the showbiz bit at the beginning, in the introduction. Of course. Just yeah, one yeah, of that's one of the many joys of being on your show. Yeah, if there's one thing I know, it's how to run a gag into the ground. All right, let's just get to it. Uh, final day of uh, minicamp as um, as we record this. Let's just start with the big picture here. Um, how does this team look compared to, say, this time last year? Yeah, I think
2: the team is probably as talented as it has been under Ron Rivera. I think they have depth at a lot of spots. They have a lot of, of talent. But the question is, as always – what are they going to get from the quarterback position? I mean, Sam Howell, I think nobody really knows what he's going to be. He's only thrown 19 passes in the NFL. And even if you love the guy, even if you hate the guy, I really don't think we know how high his ceiling is or how low his floor is. So, really, it's up to Eric Biennium, probably the most valuable addition of the offseason, to really come through and develop him and and scheme around him to accentuate his strength. I, I think that we're going to see Sam Howell at quarterback come September. I think Jacoby Brissett is an insurance policy. And if they have to hit the big red button in emergency, he would be the guy. But I think they really want to see what they have in Sam Howell, because if you can hit on him, then you have a rookie, you know, a quarterback on a rookie contract, which is arguably the most valuable thing in the NFL.
1: Okay. So speaking of which, we heard all last year, oh, Sam Howell and the footwork, and he's got to get used to the NFL and all that. Are you able to? Are we able to quantify how much different and better he looks now as compared to, say, when he was getting ready for Dallas the last week of the season?
2: You know, he has looked better at times. He has looked worse at times. And I think that, you know, I don't mean to have a, a cop-out, you know, up-and-down answer, but to me it's like, you know, there are moments where you see the things that he does well—the off-schedule, off-platform playmaking, um, the, the deep ball that he throws really well. But then you see, you know, sometimes he'll predetermine decisions. Um, sometimes he, he tucks and runs really quickly, uh, not getting through his reads necessarily. So, I mean, this is a guy who has a lot of talent, has a lot going for him. But I think, you know, it, it's it's you know really early to tell. The footwork does seem better. But obviously, you know, this is a, a different sort of system and everything, you know, in the West Coast-based scheme that Eric, Eric enemy runs, it's a lot based on timing and hitches and can you get the ball out and can the receiver be in the right position. So it's really going to stress some of those things um, that he's definitely worked on, you know, through the first year plus of his pro career.
1: So pretty much he looks like a guy who hasn't seen a lot of action his first year in the league. Yeah, right. It's funny. Oh. I was talking to somebody...
2: In- in the beat room yesterday and they said I was asked the other day you know what what letter grade would you give Sam Howell and he was like I said a C plus if a C plus can be seen it's pretty good and it's just like yeah a fifth round rookie quarterback isn't usually your starter in year two and so C plus is yeah there's plenty of things to work on there's plenty of things to be excited about and I think that's about where we've seen him so far this spring.
1: Okay, so having said that, and speaking of a new system and everything, he is learning Eric Bieniemy's offense. It is much different this year, this spring under Eric Bieniemy. Just outside at practice, as opposed to what it was under Scott Turner last year, right? Two
2: words: energy and accountability. And those sound like squeaky, you know, good feeling words, but they really have you know grounded in context. They are. Lived out every day. The energy is, is you know, pretty impossible to miss. He just he yells louder. He is much more demonstrative. uh He's pulling quarterbacks and he's you know over after the side onto the side after drills. He's stepping in to show running backs, hey, you know, this is the the kind of footwork that we want here. He is really engaged in a way that that I don't think Scott Turner was, and and I think the uh, the accountability part is he will pull guys out of drills. You know, yesterday at practice, uh, he said. You know the the offense had a had a pretty bad sequence where Sam Howell's screen pass got bottled down like a volleyball by Montez Sweat, and then you know they had a bobbled snap and Eric Bieni just said get off the field. You know he he was screaming get off the field. This is not good enough. There wasn't enough urgency. There wasn't enough um, you know everything pretty much for his liking. And so after practice, you know, we were talking to a couple of different guys, including Charles Leno, the left tackle. And he said, look, like, that's the accountability that we want that we want people to say, Hey, this is not good enough. We demand better. And I think that, I think that, you know, on a, on a subconscious level, maybe, you know, it's, it's week 16 or whatever. And it's a gotta have a game like against the giants last year or whatever, or, or you know uh, the Cleveland Browns. And I think that, you know, yelling at them now and, and saying, Hey, Every rep needs to be crisp. I think that that could have long-term effects. Obviously, that's, you know, me supposing a lot. But I just think that instilling a, a culture, which we've talked about a lot under Ron Rivera, but this feels a little bit more concrete to me.
1: And I know Commander's fans right now are saying from your mouth to God's ear. Uh, All right, so defensive side of the ball, Chase Young, he's back. It's mandatory. He's here. We saw the video on social media and everything. But how does he look, and and are we able to gauge what his state of mind is after not having his option picked up and everything? And just in general, how does he look here coming into uh, this year compared to last
2: yeah, I, I think that Chase, I mean, there's two ways to look at this. One, I'm sure it's an ego hit to not have your fifth-year option picked up, right? Like, you know, you were the guy. You saw yourself as the guy. I think the team saw you as the guy after your rookie year and, and really, you know, since then with, you know, kind of some of the immaturity concerns, some of the, the lack of discipline on the rush, uh, then getting hurt and being out for so long. I mean, it's uh, it's a difficult thing. It's a difficult situation for him to be in, and, uh, I think that he's he knows that – Montez White said yesterday, you know, neither of us have put our best football forward, and we know that, and, and we want to get better. Um, we want to, you know, go out there and prove this year that that we can play up to our potential. Potential doesn't mean anything. And these are guys that two years ago were talking about breaking the tandem sack record, right? So, like, you know, I think I think you're seeing a more mature, uh, a more restrained Chase Young. I, I don't know exactly what's going on in his brain. I, in his brain I don't want to pretend to, um, but it does seem like – you know, it does seem like there is a, a level of, I don't know about humility, but a level of focus. And even though he wasn't here for off season work, I think he understands the stakes of what this year will mean for him.
1: Mm. And again, the fact that they're just in shells right now, you can only tell so much, right?
2: I mean, he looks, I mean, Ron Rivera says he looks more explosive. He is still wearing the brace. He does look, you know, like he's getting off the ball pretty well um, in, in drills that we've seen. But you know, it's always hard for me to put too much stock into what we're seeing in in early June in terms of a player's explosiveness when they're not going 100% or as you noted, you know, they're just in shorts and shells. This is they're not they don't even have full pads on.
1: How about the rookies? Obviously, they've they've dumped a lot of draft capital into the defensive backfield. Emmanuel Forbes sounds like he's playing really well for Mississippi State and you know, you they need the DBs to play well right in order for Chase Young and Montez sweating the entire defensive line to play better as well, right?
2: Yeah, and and I would say that you know I asked Ron Rivera yesterday, do you think that the defensive line, which has been together for three or four years now and has never lived up to its potential, do you think this year, considering everything that's going on, like that they could, you know, everybody's motivated, uh, John and Duran have big deals, and he said actually you know, I think some of the rush problems that we had in the past was, was due to the coverage and we've tightened up the coverage. I think they have tremendous depth in that area. You know, they have three guys who could play, you know, nickel or, or big nickel. I think they have two you know, pretty good outside corners in, in Forbes, the rookie and Kendall Fuller. Um, and, and, you know, the, the guys that they could rotate through, you know, Buffalo, nickel, safety, box safety, free safety. I mean, you know, that, that Derek Forrest, Cam Curl, Percy Butler, Quan Martin. Like, those are four legit dudes. And uh, I would say that, like, if the coverage can tighten up, if the rush can live up to its potential, which obviously those are two big question marks, but I think the defense could be pretty good um, if those things are indeed true.
1: It's nice to be able to talk about stuff on the field for a change, isn't
2: it? Is there an ownership situation going on? I wasn't aware.
1: Exactly. Oh, my God. You know, our long national nightmare is almost over. I I just hope, you know, you and Nikki and Maskey and everybody get some uh, some time off. But thank God that's moving forward, huh?
2: Yeah. I mean, I imagine that that uh, it seems like what we're reporting is that uh, the special session to approve the ownership sale could happen in um, mid to late June. uh, Excuse me, mid to late July. So I, I think there might be a couple weeks here and there. But, I mean, as you know, there's always stuff going on that the team is going to look for a your stadium when they have a new owner. Um, there's always, you know, projects you can be doing in the offseason. So I'll try to take some time away, but uh, I won't get too far away.
1: Hey, yeah, you never can with this team. Sam Fortier of The Washington Post. Find him on Twitter at Sam4TR. My friend, thank you so much. As always, we will talk to you again as we get uh, closer to training camp.
2: Yes, sir. It's always
1: a joy to shop it up with you, Bob. He is the best. Thanks again, Sam. We got to take a break. When we come back, we got to get ready for the Calder Cup Finals. Richard Blosser joins us from Hershey as the Hershey Bears try to make it and even does it. It's the Bob Matthews podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Like the lamp during the hockey postseason with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. It's all with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. In fact, I'm looking at it right now. We got the Panthers and the Lightning starting this week. Game one of their series. Right now, you go on there, you can get the Panthers plus one and a half on the puck line for game one because it's down in Raleigh. You can also get um, an over under total of five and a half. You can get the Panthers minus 135 on the money line if you want. And it's also simple to do. You just go, you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up. Very important sign up with code. THPN. That helps you as a new customer make a $5 hockey playoff bet, score $150 in bonus bets instantly. It's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in Massachusetts, 800 327 5050, or visit gambling org in New York, 877 Hope NY, or text Hope NY. In Kansas, call 1 800 522 4700. On the half of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over in most eligible states, but age does vary by jurisdiction. Eligibility You're restrictions to of the block. hockey
3: podcast. The Network. Network. Your sports home for NBA hockey talks covering sports sports every sports sports team sports in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Course, Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com the the or wherever, wherever without you get it, your podcasts.
1: Our bank accounts are always somehow completely depleted. That's because we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but they're priced differently solely on the brand name. So a good duplicate or a dupe is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. Well, one dupe that you shouldn't sleep on, Raycon wireless earbuds. Now, wait, Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Look, some of the other premium brands out there, I get it. You, they spend a ton on marketing, and that's why you want them. But you pay two, $300 for a pair of earbuds, and then they get lost. Uh, You know how you feel when that happens. It's happened to all of us. Well, Raycon's mission is to prove you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for good quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other big-name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase has to be perfect. So they offer buy now and pay later options, which means right now, You can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They got an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a couple of bucks. And they have free domestic shipping as well and a flat fee for international shipping. They also have over 50,000 five-star reviews. I got a pair of them and they're absolutely awesome. I mean, you know, again, you want to go and buy a pair of the premium brand kinds. Hey, God love you, but I'm telling you, no difference between Raycon and some of those other ones out there, and they look great. You get three customizable sound profiles, you get earbud tap functions, noise isolation, that's the big thing, awareness mode, custom gel tips for the perfect, most comfortable in-ear fit, crystal clear, call quality, water and sweat resistant, and Eight hours of playtime in everyday earbuds. You can't beat it. So go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today and get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN.
3: You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.
1: Joining us now is Richard Blosser from the Grin and Barrett podcast. He covers the Hershey Bears for us here on the Hockey Podcast Network, and he has been busy the last few weeks. Richard, how you doing? Hey, Bob, thank you for having me on, brother, and
3: yes, it's been a very busy time here in Chocolatown the past six weeks, but it's all worthwhile getting a conference championship and now going after the Calder Cup, the Silver Chalice, and putting a 12th one in the rafters at Giants Center.
1: I hear you, I, uh, you know, since the Caps went out and uh, NBC Sports Washington picked up Uh, the Bears playoff run I've been watching and um, you know obviously some familiar names in there to Capitals fans and uh, the the big question and the question I've been wrestling with all season because the Bears had an outstanding regular season as well and I want you to try and share some light on this What's been the secret to their success? I mean, we have talked for years about how the Capitals farm system has been depleted and that that's the natural order of things because they've been such a good veteran team for years. Does this run to the brink of a 12 Calder Cup mean that there are a lot better prospects than we thought in the pipeline? Or is it that there are just a lot of veteran minor league hockey players that are really good, but not good enough to get to the NHL, or is it a combination of both?
3: It's a combination. You can have a veteran-heavy team and still make a deep run. That's one of the things about Coachella Valley um, that they've been able to do, but you still need that prospect. You still need the young guns as well, and the emergence of Ethan Frank this season um, really helped out during during the regular season. Um, Garrett Pilon's had a really good, really good postseason as well. Alexi Protas leads the team with 12 points so far this postseason. And even guys from out of nowhere, like Logan Day, a former Lehigh Valley Phantom, had eight points in the month of May and was crucial in this series against Rochester. So while it is good to have prospects in the pipeline, which uh, Caps fans should know of, such as a a Connor McMichael out there, a Lucas... Uh, Joe Hanson and Garrett Pilon is down down here uh, as well as as Hendrix La LaPierre it's that healthy blend of having that young prospects and veterans who want to come on and teach these kids how to get up to the NHL and also handle themselves up in the National Hockey League as well so it's a healthy mix of both that that gets you this far. Does
1: it change your opinion about how the Capitals' immediate future will look in the next few years when it comes to younger players? I mean, is there a, a a chance or have the chances, do you think, been boosted that that Brian McClellan can reboot this thing on the fly? I think there has been a reloading of the pipeline
3: um, I wrote a, a uh, an article for Maryland Sports Blog um, about five or six years ago, saying how the pipeline was damaged because the Capitals bet the entire farm on a Stanley Cup run, which finally uh, finally uh, paid off in uh, in seventeen eighteen. Um, but once you have that happen and the pipeline runs dry, you got to keep reloading it, and it took a couple years for the bears to uh to 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 uh <clears throat> to, to get to that point. Now the covid pandemic certainly didn't help out with that because we felt in 1920 that the bears could have had a squad that could have made a, a deep run, but alas the covid nation attacked and we and an entire two seasons were uh, were lost. So the bears have come back from that. They've they've got they've been able to have a healthy mix of young talent and veterans for an entire year. Sure. The capitals have had their call due to injuries. What team doesn't have that, but now this team is gelled. It has come together. And I re- really feel like that, that Brian McClellan is not abandoning the farm system. He knows guys have got to develop. There is stock down here of guys that are going to fill in on the capitals over the next couple of years. It's just nice to see that that the capitals are investing in this and aren't just solely concerned about Ovechkin getting the goal record over the next three years which is important but it's not the only focus of this team moving forward
1: I'm glad to hear you say that too so for our listeners that that don't know I mean you know the Hershey Bears really are the Montreal Canadiens of the American Hockey League like you said you know 11 Calder Cups that's more than anybody else in the league trying to make it an even dozen this year did it Surprise you that they got here, that they won the East and are on the brink, you know four wins away from from a Calder Cup, Or did you think this was, you know more probable than not that they would make a deep run like this this year?
3: I felt like this that this was a really good team, and that a deep playoff run was definitely possible. Um, um I was more worried about who we were going to face after we beat Charlotte in the first round. I was convinced, and my friends as well, that it was going to be the Providence Bruins, a team that the Bears just just couldn't quite solve no matter how good they were. They went 1-5 against the uh, Bruins this season, and it looked like it was going to happen again, but the Hartford Wolfpack, the Farm Club of the New York Rangers, surprised us all and took, took them out. So Hartford was a surprise team, a team that could come up and just, you know, support a really good team. Thankfully, Hershey swept them right out, and then in came Rochester, who was a young and fast team, and the Bears were able to weather that, force them to play a defensive game, and while there are still some flaws with this team that was exposed in the Rochester series, I think this team is good enough to to get to the mountaintop, even though we're close to the summit right now. The Bears always have high expectations for a, a, a Calder Cup championship, if you ever head to Giant Center, there's only Calder Cup banners up in the Raptors. <laughs> there's no division. There's no conference. There's no All Star. There's no um, top attendance for for a season. I'm looking at you, Wilkes Barre. No, <laughs> it's only Calder Calder Cups that 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 are up there. That's what's important to Hershey, and that's why this fan base is so. Excited for this because expectations are high very, very year for each year.
1: Yeah. I noticed uh, the trophy presentation. Nobody, nobody touched the trophy. I was glad to see that uh, they kept that superstition (laughs) up. Um, All right. So speaking of the prospects, um, which of the guys that have a chance to uh, make it to the NHL next year have you been impressed with? Who stood out in the postseason other than the guys that you mentioned? mentioned? Um, two
3: guys so far. Um, first off is a uh, B- big Beck Malenstein who has played extremely well, who had a couple of clutch goals during the, um, uh, during the Hartford series, who's been really staunt on, on the penalty kill out there. Dare I say our almost best penalty killer outside of your, your goaltender. He's a man who's just not afraid to get in front of, um, to get in front of shots to get in those shooting lanes he always um is out is out near the point in the diamond formation or even on the five on three he's at the top of the triangle getting sticks in lanes and getting inside shooting lanes as well so i've been really impressed with with hit with him but a man who's quietly done well has been alexi protoss who leads the bears in points with with 12 with 5 goals and set and 7 assists, he's done really well on the second power play unit, cleaning up and getting goals out in front, and his big body is able to force guys off of pucks. He's not afraid to go into corners and win those or at least get engaged in those 50-50 puck battles. In an era in the NHL where you want big and fast guys, Alexi Protoss is definitely it, so I think Capitals should be very excited that that you could see this guy up in the red white and blue next
1: year yeah and and hopefully blossoming next year um what about what about Hendricks up here uh you and I talked a couple of years ago uh I think maybe it was last season and you said you really really wanted to see him have a whole season in Hershey um it's been two years now in Hershey you know how, how does it look for him uh is he ready for the NHL yet or does he still need some more seasoning
3: uh, it's his first full season in Hershey this year. Um, I know he was up and down last year. I mean, mm-hmm. what bear wasn't. <laughs> um, but with, with with Hendricks, his first year's gone ra- rather well, uh, rather well for him. Um, he hasn't stood out, but he hasn't been terrible, terrible either. He goes out there and I think he's done his job rather well. He has five points here here in the uh, the postseason. And um, me personally, I think another year of seasoning down here could be real could be really good for him. Um, I'm not convinced he's ready to make that jump yet. I think defensively, he could use a little bit of work, and that scoring touch of his could be uh, refined um, a, a little bit more. Um, he's still he's still a little raw, still a little raw. But I think with some fine some fine tuning, he'll start turning heads in DC sooner rather than later.
1: How about Ethan Frank? Uh, anybody that's you know if if you're a Caps fan, if you Kind of dive somewhat into the Hershey roster. You know the somewhat of the story. He kind he's kind of come out of nowhere. I know he was scratched for Shane Gersich the other night, who by the way scored the goal that that got him into the finals. But
3: uh, mm-hmm.
1: how has Frank been in the postseason? It seems like he maybe he's hit a little bit of a wall.
3: Uh, sadly, he has. He has n- not performed. Uh, very, uh, very well. He's was held out the majority of the season of the series um, against the Rochester Americans. Ethan Frank only has two points in in the postseason, and both of them are assists. Um, I talked on the uh, the Locked On uh, Capitals podcast uh, the other day, and uh, we think that I think there's a lingering injury. Hmm. Um, he hurt his wrist or shoulder up in Toronto near the end of the season and came and and, and came back on April 5th, 14th scored a hat trick in the last, last game of the season so we've thought all is well but it just it seems like something is off with him like his movements aren't as fluid as they are his shooting seems off and I just don't know. The scoring seems to have dried up with Ethan. Like, do I think he's turned terrible? Like, no, not by any means. It's just, it's just a guy that's unfortunately faded out in in the playoffs. And Henrik Bjorkstrom's been a nice addition, especially in the in the Hartford series where he scored a game game winning goal in overtime. But um, yeah, unfortunately, Ethan's just kind of dropped off and faded. And it worries me at the end of the season and we have whenever it is we hear oh ethan frank went through the postseason with a separated shoulder or oh he's had a torn oblique the entire season the entire right. offseason he's going to need surgery you know those kind of reports bob you get at the end of the playoffs
1: oh yeah yeah the only thing you get on on injuries in hockey is upper body or lower body that's it yep <laughs> nothing the, more yep the, the the ubi Exactly. Exactly. Uh, last guy I'm going to ask you about is Connor McMichael, obviously. Um, and mm-hmm. we know he was kind of a casualty of, I think Peter Laviolette's philosophy, but uh, has the year, almost the entire year down in Hershey, you think done him some good from a developmental standpoint?
3: Absolutely. He's been getting constant playing time throughout the season. Um, He doesn't mind being in the big, playing in the, uh, in the big moment. Um, defensively still, still needs a little, uh, a little bit of work. Like he'll, he'll, um, he'll kind of hang, hang back defensively some, sometimes, but, um, he'll, he has definitely got gotten better. Like this is the year where he's fine-tuned his skills while he certainly hasn't, hasn't taken over. You're seeing the talent, the first round talent that the Capitals expected, um, um, of him. It would not surprise me he gets an extended look in, in D.C. next year, especially with Spencer Carberry, who's probably definitely going tap to tap into Hershey a good bit more than what a, a Lobulette did. So, um, yeah, I'm enjoying the time with Connor
1: McMichael because
3: I don't think we're going to be seeing much more of him in Hershey for good reasons.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. How, how important do you think it was that the, the Caps were able to land Spencer Carberry as their next bench boss? I think it was
3: a good hire and one a lot of us Bears fans uh, saw coming. Um, he was, he, he really did really good with the talent, especially in the, uh, in the COVID year, he knew how to get, he knew how to get the uh, the most out of it. And we, we knew he was destined for, for the NHL. And, you know, he went up to Toronto, got some time as an assistant coach and now has worked his way back to a to dc we knew that car that, that carbs was ready really good guy and i think the capitals have gotten got a really good selection at a at head coach with carberry a lot of people in hershey are happy for him and that's another step in getting that uh that, that pipeline repaired as i think carberry is definitely going to be that that good gap between hershey and dc that's kind of been missing for a while
1: Final question. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're picking the bears to win the Calder cup. So just tell me how it's going to play out. How many games here? I'm
3: saying Hershey in, in, uh, in seven. I think the, the bears will win it out in Coachella Valley. They are no stranger of winning a Calder cup on the road, but this is going to be their, their hardest test yet. As any finals uh, will be Um, Coachella Valley is a very high scoring team team like rochester except this time instead of having a bunch a bunch of rookies and a good goaltender there is a bunch of veterans that are scoring including some guy by the name of um what's his name shane wright with them as as well and a lot of former charlotte checkers that were that the bears faced back in 18, 18 19, that swept the bears out of their last uh postseason uh, no next last postseason appearance before before COVID happened, so um, as good as the Bears and goaltending defense has been, they're going to be leaned upon even more as the Firebirds are going to really a- attack this team. They were second overall out in the West between them and the Cal- and the Calgary Wranglers, and for good re- and for good reason. It was a battle between Calgary and Coachella Valley back in, in in early May. The one advantage that Bears will have is rest, as the Bears have only played twenty. Playoff games. Coachella Valley has played 28. As most of their series have gone the distance so far, so that might catch up catch up with them. It's going to be tough. I'm confident the boys can put 12th up there, but it's going to be a long series to get there. So Hershey and seven. All right, sounds good, Richard. Before we go, tell everybody where they can find you online. Well, you can find you can find me on on Twitter rbloss64 r b l o s s 64 as a Nintendo Ultra 60, 64. That's my main account. The Twitter, uh, the podcast Twitter is grit and bear it all one word P1 on Twitter. I've been posting scoring updates as well, doing more interactions with the uh, with the Bears um, as well. The podcast will still drop new episodes every Monday with, with recaps and will and should do a playoff. Sh- a finals preview tomorrow as we will look ahead to Hershey and Coachella Valley and good summer content as well. But looking forward to do to to doing more podcasts over the next two weeks and hopefully
1: a celebration one as well. Amen to that. Richard Bloss of the Grid and Barrett podcast, our brother on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you, my friend. We appreciate it.
3: Uh, thank you, Bob. Bob, for having me on, and and hopefully in a couple of weeks we can talk again about the
1: twelve. Cup. absolutely, most definitely. Thank you, sir. Yep, thanks, brother. We got to get on out of here. That's what the uh, clock on the wall says. Thanks, as always. Remember, you can find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com, dot com as well as Spotify, iTunes, and wherever find podcasts or sold. Talk to you in a few. Have a great one, everybody. Remember, like the wise men once said, if you're out on your bike tonight, as always, we're white for a
0: long, long years. So many a man, so I was around when Jesus Christ had his moment of doubt and pain. Me, damn sure the pilot washed his hands.